Later this week, we're going to talk about my assertion and complete belief that the Republicans, they won't do this, but they have every, every tool they need to subpoena the bosses of places like CNN and the New York Times. I, I really believe they have every tool they need to do that and to make it quite legal, given the precedent that the federal government has set for itself over the past 50 years. The reason I say that now because it's coming up later in the week, is because President Trump, who did get Roe versus Wade overturned, those were his votes on that court. I hated it when he started to use the phrase enemies of the people for the media. I admit it. It made me uneasy. He was absolutely right. The media has constructed an alternate universe where women now face a country where it's illegal for them to track their own menstrual cycles. Are they going to be able to search your apps? You know, there, there's apps that, that track menstrual cycles. You know, how far are these states going to try to go in criminalizing every single aspect of women trying to control their reproductive rights? Roe versus Wade has changed, well, almost nothing yet. Kentucky's going to ban abortions and may have already by the time we hear this. Other states will succeed in banning them. That was on the way. The monumental change is this. We're going to get to see which people are going to choose the side of God and which people are going to choose the side of Baal. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And the times, wow. Since the leak came out, I was thinking that John Roberts would find a way to retreat from it. He didn't. And I must give John Roberts his due in this case. Apparently, this is something around which he's allowed to criticize. It does energize the leftist base of the party. That's fact. So the weight loss is helping so many people on our journey. There's a woman who is one of the most active um, members of the podcast family. Catherine wrote me. She's trying to lose uh, 20 pounds of unwanted fat. She's already 10 pounds into that loss. It's sodaweightloss.com. And congrats, Catherine, on making that step and taking that step and for using uh, sodaweightloss.com. There is a great reason to celebrate. Roe versus Wade being put back where it belongs, which is in the hands of the states and the people, uh, is a great opportunity for states to, well, do the obvious, which is to protect unborn children from being killed. It is also now a great opportunity for us to see who are the pro-life governors? Who are the rock-ribbed conservative Christians? For instance, I imagine that the state of Utah is going to get right on this. Right? Governor Cox? If you're in Utah and you are thinking, well, of course, 
the LDS church stands against abortion and it's, it's unpopular in our state. Do you think your governor who uses pretend pronouns is going to get on this? Your governor who's owned by pharma is going to get on this? Maybe he will. It's going to be fascinating to watch to see which states move on this and, and which state legislators move on this. But in all of this, the most important thing for us to do is to put God where he belongs in this, at the very top. Sometimes I don't really understand my response to things until I begin speaking with you. Of course, I celebrate the end of Roe versus Wade. Of course I do. But in my heart, I have got a deep, deep worry. I see people celebrating deliverance. We have been delivered from nothing. We have been given an opportunity to deliver children from the fate of death. We have been given an opportunity to deliver women from the fate of a grievous sin. And yet we're still a country punctuated with sin problems like rape, like incest, like over-controlling husbands who do in fact tell women, you're not taking the pill and I'm not wearing a condom and we're not going to give the baby up for adoption. That doesn't make it right to kill the baby. It still ends a life. These are deep issues. And only the Lord can deliver us from the sin problem. So I see a lot of celebration and look, I join you in it. It's a momentous day that I didn't think would ever happen. But understand this. The leftist organizers are saying, and I promise you they're saying, you see that? We can take away the Second Amendment. You see what they just did? We can do it. We continue to push. We continue to play the long game. We can take away the Second Amendment. Because the lesson on them on a political basis is lost because it's been purposely obscured from them. There's a whole group of young people like this in the country. So I'm just convinced we need to burn it all down. Because at this point, I don't know what else we're supposed to do. I'm advocating for violence. I am advocating for violence. And wait till you hear the whole, whole piece of hers. And yeah, she's just a young woman. She's just a TikToker advocating for violence. But wait until you hear her whole piece. And I tell you how many tweets it got on Twitter, how many retweets and how many views on TikTok and, and how important that apparently was for people to believe that, yeah, it's, it's time to advocate violence. So there's people like that who literally believe that this was written in the Constitution who quite literally believe there's a portion of the Constitution that says a woman has a right to an abortion. And they believe that because, of course, Joe Biden tells them that's the case. Of course, the party lies about this. In this case, the leftist portion of the party. Today, the Supreme Court of the United States expressly took away a constitutional right from the American people that it had already recognized. They didn't limit it, they simply took it away. That's never been done to a right so important to so many Americans, but they did it. 
It's a sad day for the court and for the country. Later in the week, I'll play some audio for you of audio for you of when that man tried to end the um, the judicial career of Judge Thomas, who, of course, was one of the architects of this and has played the long game on this, his own long game. But I'll also remind you of this, and, and it's not my credit. Someone else reminded me on this. New York Times published a piece in 2019 about Joe Biden when they were trying to head off his run for president. They didn't want him to be president. Wesley Hunt remembered this and found this. He's a father. He's a husband, an Army veteran, West Point graduate, conservative to the core, native Texan GOP nominee for Texas 38. There's a link to Wesley's uh, profile in the show notes. Joe Biden, when he was given his little uh, speech that he read from a teleprompter that has been meticulously researched and the people who run him have had him read that time and again, because you can tell the difference. In cases like this, he only slurs words. He doesn't wander all over the place. He said that he had studied Roe versus Wade very carefully and that he'd always supported the decision. No, nah, that's not true. Even the New York Times called this out when they were trying to head off Biden as being the figurehead that he is. 1982, he voted against. Mr. Biden voted for a constitutional amendment to allow individual states to overturn Roe in 1982 and then later voted against it. Because that's the sort of game that this guy has always played. See, this is the thing when we start to rely on or believe that we've been delivered because of a political victory. And again, I join you in the celebration. But when we start to think that political victories can deliver us, we forget that we're in a whipsaw nation. We're in the midst of a cold civil war and it is becoming hot. It's becoming hotter by the moment. We're cooking up into the bloody Kansas wars. It's cooking that way. And the Lord is allowing it. And the faces of evil are coming out into the light and the demons are frantic or they're confident. In either case, they're wrong. They're not going to win because we stand from a position of victory. I saw a picture of a woman who was at the, outside the Supreme Court now, in this case, she wasn't trying to break into the Supreme Court. That's been going on all around the country, people trying to kick in the doors to government buildings. But, of course, that's not reported as an insurrection. She has what appears to be a really pregnant baby, a really pregnant belly. Looks like, a, I don't know, I'm guessing seven, maybe even eight months pregnant. And she has scrawled onto her stomach the phrase, not yet human. One day, maybe her child will see that and understand that her mother at that point considered her a, or that child a clump of cells that could be done away with any time that she wanted that to happen. Those people still exist in the country. That sin problem still exists. The more that we believe this has delivered us from something, the more we dissuade ourselves and the more we deceive ourselves. It has opened a doorway. When Mary Magdalene met the Lord Jesus. We're to understand biblically that Mary was a prostitute and then some. Or in a phrase I like, I've heard recently someone said, she was a lot. She was a prostitute. She was a uh, infamous prostitute in her area. Everybody knew, oh, that's Mary Magdalene. Well, they didn't call her Mary at the time. 
she was using a different name, like the trans radicals use. Like they give kids the new name. I regard it as a demonic name. When she first met the Lord Jesus, that's who she was. The Lord Jesus did not ask for government. He did not look for Rome and say, hey, can you outlaw abortion? Can, can, can you outlaw prostitution or to the, to the religious bureaucrats of the days, the Sadducees or the Pharisees? He didn't go to them and say, did you know there's a prostitute over here? Did you know that there's right here, this woman's engaged in prostitute. Are we going to shut this down? Deliver us. He went to Mary. And he said her name. She hadn't heard her real name. In a long while. Well, the Lord knew everything about her. And he loved her. And all around our country, There are young women who've been conned into believing that you hate their guts. That you want them strapped down to medical tables and forced to give birth. That that's your deep desire. That you want a modern form of slavery. Forced births. They have no idea that the United States is one of only six nations that allows this sort of unfettered anytime abortion. The others being China and North Korea, for example. Countries not known to respect life. So those of us who are Christian, we have to right now beg the Lord Jesus to operate through us. Because these women don't know it, but they've been freed from a prison of the mind. They've been freed from believing that the only choice in life that will bring them any fulfillment is having a bunch of sex before marriage with a bunch of different people. Because anything else is in an entanglement that will, that will drag them down. That they can't possibly have a fulfilling life without having sex with a bunch of people before marriage. And there's young men who've been told the same lie, that the only happiness is from no entanglement and no marriage and not being tied down and having sex with a bunch of people a bunch of times. And maybe one day you move in and maybe one day you even, you even buy a house together, but you certainly do not regard it as holy matrimony. And I'm not the one who gets to point fingers. I was there. Not in the sleeping around. That was never my thing. I didn't have the self-confidence to do it, frankly. Secondly, it's never my thing. It's never been interesting to me. Lord, save me from that. I think I just enjoy people too much. To do that to people. To be that throwaway. It's never been my deal. But it is for this entire generation. And we have an opportunity as Christians to be opening doorways now to be blasting out. If you partner with a pregnancy center in your church, it is your responsibility to be going out everywhere and saying, if you're pregnant and you're desperate and you don't think anyone will help you, we will. 
We'll help you with the cost of the birth. We'll help you with the follow-on cost. We'll help you with food. Not because we're a government agency that derives power from this, but because we love you. Because you were created by God and we were created by God. And we love you because God loved us first. We'll help you with diapers. We'll help you with job training, with parental training. We'll help you in this community. You are loved here. You may come to this church. You may find yourself, in fact, becoming discipled. You may find yourself, in fact, asking the Lord Jesus to become your Lord and Savior. And you may still be a single mother, and we're going to still love you. And it doesn't mean that Mr. Wonderful Discipled Christian, who's bank VP, but also fun and likes to travel, is going to come along and sweep you up on his arms, and you'll have the perfect marriage. It might mean that. It might mean that you're destined to live as a single woman with a child and not alone, far from it, but with a community of people who love you and love your child and help you raise your child or your children because it's what we do because it is not right that man or woman is alone. We have to do this. This is the door that's opened up. If all we look at now is stop the doors closed and end abortion, we lose. Because you'll have a bunch of these people flee now to the separate countries of Washington State and California, where it is in fact with religious zeal that they kill babies. It is in fact the state of California wants to go so far as to pay the travel expenses and to make tourism out of it using taxpayer dollars. That people fly out and have luxury apartments and, and, and stay in beautiful places to have tourism abortions. I guarantee there's going to be woke companies like Disney and Starbucks that are going to have, hey, get, yeah, and before the abortion, come and spend some time at the park or maybe afterwards. Starbucks will be giving them gift packs of coffee. Hey, you know what? After that abortion, you might be a little tired. Get juiced up. If we don't, have love, we don't have anything. If, if, if we know all the scripture and we know the entire Old Testament and, and, you could, and, and we can sit and, and repeat all of it to each other, but we don't have love, we're, we're a noisy gong. Sound and fury, but meaning nothing. This is a beautiful moment. It's not a moment to be wasted. The left will move people into rage. They're already doing it. There is a United States senator from Hawaii who said this about the Supreme Court and it's back to it's okay to say this about our sacred institutions. And forgive my language, although I'm just quoting a United States Senator named Danny DeVito. No, it's not the actor I looked. Quote, Supreme Court, my ass. Back again, we can once again deride our sacred institutions. See, he doesn't get the Trump treatment, does he? President Trump was really tough on, on, on jurists. And sometimes he said some things that were e equally blunt. But he's not going to get, Danny DeVito's not going to get the resurrection treatment. AOC has things to say. Maxine Waters has things to say. 
Chuck Todd has things to say. CNN has things to say. As we listen through this, let's remember, let's remember what we're called to do. Let's remember how we're called to behave. Let's remember what the Lord Jesus would do. Let's remember what he did. So I mentioned uh, Soda Weight Loss at sodaweightloss.com. Two emails this weekend. I mentioned one uh, earlier. Uh, Lady has been a friend of this show since the radio show days and one of our most active members of the podcast community named Catherine. So thrilled to see that Catherine had 20 pounds of unwanted fat to lose. And she's 10 pounds into this. And I think she said, what, uh, two or three weeks she's into this. And there's some people going to listen to 20 pounds and go, wow, that's a lot. Um, and there's other people who listen to 20 pounds and go, wow, that's, 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 that's not much. You really need to lose that because there's people in the audience of many, many, many different sort of lifestyles and backgrounds. And then many people who will listen to that and say, wow, if I only had 20 pounds to lose, maybe it's a hundred pounds, maybe it's 150. Like at one point I had to lose, it was 150 pounds. I had to lose of fat. We talked about this at dinner over the night with our, with our friends, Brad and Cheryl. And Cheryl made the point that, man, you pick up a bag of stuff that's like 40 pounds. You know, she has gardening dirt that's 40 pounds. That's a lot to carry around. I've been making that point forever. But here's the deal. When you hear 20 pounds and say, well, lucky Catherine, she only had 20 pounds to lose. It's the same principle, guys. It's the same exact principle. But I know it can seem because I have been there when I determined that I had 150 pounds of fat to lose. I had, I, I, I listened to that and saw that number and thought, All right, that can't be done. How long will that take? Soda will tell you. It's the same principle. The goal is to drop the fat, but to also drop the metabolism that led to the fat gain, to drop the eating habits that led to the fat gain. Part of the Soda Weight Loss program at sodaweightloss.com is in fact reprogramming the body to burn carbs in the right way, to use fat in the right way, to use protein in the right way. So that time it might take to lose that 150 pounds of unwanted fat is time the body has to recalibrate. In the maintenance phase, we talked about this over dinner, Cheryl and I. The maintenance phase is where they start to introduce the foods you're used to at the right times, in the right amounts, in the right ways, so that you do not put back that weight on. They're the very best at this. They're healthcare providers from way back. It's sodaweightloss.com. Stands for state of the art. S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. Now, as you listen to this piece here from CNN, I, and, and in fact, as we listen to all of these, I want us to think about people who get their information from these sources. And I want us to think in their minds that this, this is a difficult exercise because we spend a lot of time with this stuff and we can't help but get the left's point of view because the entire media infrastructure is either the party. When it comes to pharma, they're the, the party. It's very, very hard to find anyone, even in conservative media, who will take on big pharma. Really hard. Myself, Daniel Horowitz will take them on. Um, Steve Dace will take them on. But man, it's very, very, very hard to find people who will take on big pharma. 
But when it comes to the leftist point of view on abortions and self-defense using a firearm, we can't help but be exposed to it because it's everywhere. Even if we tried to live in a media bubble, which I don't recommend because you can get surprised and we end up just as bad as folks like this. It's exposed to us everywhere, Every, particularly if you live in a, in a separate country like, like Washington or California or New York or, or, or Illinois or D.C. that thinks it's a country. So as we listen to this, let's put ourselves in the minds of people. Like if you believed, like let's say this, if it was the Supreme Court that took away the Second Amendment by word games, okay, not through a constitutional amendment process, but by word games, by saying, well, it says well-regulated militia. This means it's not an individual right, because that's the take. That's what they're going to try to do. It says well-regulated militia, only the militia gets to own guns, which would mean the Bill of Rights is, it's all individual except for only the Second Amendment. If they pulled that off, how would you feel? In fact, speaking of that next hour, we'll talk about Mitch McConnell trading pretend safety for loss of actual freedom. So let's put ourselves in the minds of victims of Joe Biden. Today, the Supreme Court of the United States expressly took away a constitutional right from the American people that it had already recognized. They didn't limit it. They simply took it away. That's never been done to a right so important to so many Americans. But they did it. It's a sad day for the court and for the country. The court took away the rights of babies to pursue life and liberty. With the stroke of a pen, they took that away. Because if you're going to have privacy, that means you get to commit murder. That's the reasoning. Hey, if I commit murder, that's my private business. You don't get to interrupt that. That's my private business. I'm pursuing life and liberty by committing murder. This is an awful thing to say, but you know what? My wife was really tying me down, guys. Ball and chain. And I did it privately. Well, but, but she's a human being. So was a baby. But put ourselves in the minds of victims of this because this is the fear. Wow. I can't believe it. They took away a constitutional right. Now, I've never read the Constitution because it's very, very complicated, but my teachers read it for me and my professors read it for me. And they've told me my whole life, this is a constitutional right. It's been taken away. And if they're willing to take this constitutional right away, what other constitutional rights will they take away? And if we as Christians do not respond with love and options, and look, I know churches are going to get burned down, more of them. They're going to attack them. They're going to attack pregnancy centers. They're already doing it. They're already promising it. Let us remember that, in fact, most of the American people can't stand violence like that. They find it ugly. And of course, we should protect our churches. And of course, we should have security at pregnancy centers. And of course, we should call the cops. When we see something like that. But the ironic thing is, of course, they're going to be burning down pregnancy centers in blue states where cops don't get to do anything, where abortion is going to be legal and promoted. That's political. Putting God in his right place. It must be that we meet fear with love, fear with openness. Come here. 
interfere with examples of I live an incredible life as a married woman. Well, not me, because I ain't a woman. I can identify as one, but I'm not gonna. Examples of people who have wonderful, fulfilling lives as mothers, married mothers, even single mothers. Maybe not by their choice or maybe before they were saved. Maybe they lost a husband. But speaking to that fulfillment, speaking to this is what community looks like. And part of this is the byproduct of a sick culture. And again, I plead guilty. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hermit in many ways. I am. Much to, the, much, much to my shame. It's been harmful to my family. I'm a hermit in some ways. But this is what community looks like. We need to be showing this and inviting this. Even as I struggle to do that in my own life. I got to be honest about things if I'm going to point out the specks in other people's eyes. So imagine the fear that exists in these young people as they actually believe that we just took away a constitutional right. And that's how you end up with responses like this from a young woman on, on, um, on, on TikTok. And libs of TikTok grabbed this. She said this. She put it on video. But by the way, she's far from the worst. There's college professors advocating for a contest to see who can be the first to assassinate a Supreme Court justice. They're blue checks on Twitter with their public profiles, their PhDs calling for a contest to assassinate Supreme Court justices. There's example after example of people saying, I will personally assassinate Clarence Thomas. Example after example. So in some ways, this young woman is almost tame. So I'm just convinced we need to burn it all down because at this point, I don't know what else we're supposed to do. I'm advocating for violence. I am advocating for violence because there are people that are doing a really bad job. But the problem with the job is, even though they're doing such a bad job, they do this job until they die. So we're just supposed to sit back and let these people do a really bad job and have really seriously negative consequences on millions of people. And we're supposed to do what? Sit on the sidelines? Light it, light it on fire. I'm going to, we're lighting it. So she's advocating violence because there's nothing else you can do. Have you ever, okay. (sighs) When I tell stories like this, I feel like I walk a line of, of disrespecting my wife. And, and I have never, ever cheated on my wife. I, I could never cheat on my wife because I'd be cheating on my daughter. I'd be cheating to God. I love my wife. It's 26 years we've been together. I waited far too long to ask her to marry me. My fault. She had to break up with me for me to see the light. We're married to this day. As I record this, she's out tending our garden. Literally tending our garden. And so I I tell these stories with reluctance, but also because I think they're so vitally important for us to let people know the choices that they have. I'll tell you a story about a train ride from New York and for me to DC, but for this other person um, to Baltimore. Talk about that as we continue. 
friend uh, Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management is no doubt going to be celebrating seeing Roe versus Wade done away with. He's a family man. And being a family man changes your viewpoint on things. It really, really does. Now, while I'm providing confessions, if, if I didn't have the blessing of a wife and a family and the opportunity to continue to grow in that relationship and, and to see, this, um, see my daughter mature and become the person that the Lord has to design for, and I just mentioned I'm a hermit, I, I'd kind of be happy. My wife knows this. And we talk about our retirement. I've said, hey, uh, how about a two-room cabin six, you know, 1,600 miles from anywhere? And it used to be that she said, no, I don't want that. Now, it's, that sounds pretty good. Then they said treehouse. And she said, actually, I like treehouses. So we're getting there. She still doesn't want me to have a monkey. That's wrong. That's wrong. Everyone should have a monkey or something. But you have a family. Let me ask you this question. How set is your family with your retirement? Now, of course, your retirement is for you. It's for you in those years of your life where you no longer work. But how set is your family? Have you done that math? your wife, your kids, like you want to pass things on? See, my friend, Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management, I know being a family man changes him and how he treats finances. It also is part of the reason that he's a teacher at heart. See, he doesn't have to do a radio show. He's plenty successful without doing the radio show. But Know Your Risk Radio at knowyourriskradio.com is an opportunity for Zach to teach people how to do what he does. Some people take it up on their own. Other times, Zach wants to go directly to people, and it's coming up Thursday, this Thursday, coming up right around the corner, June 30th, this Thursday at 3 p.m. He's doing a free live webinar, and he's going to talk about why they will tell you. He'll he'll explain. It's not going to be just, oh, we don't think this is a good idea anymore. He'll get into detail about why the 60-40 stock bond mix we've all been taught simply doesn't apply in this zero interest rate, mobbed up, banksterism world. He'll talk about long-term planning. He'll talk about social security and whether you should take it. He'll talk about how you know if you have enough to retire and how you know if your family's set. And he'll spend the last, I think he said it's the last hour or so, answering questions. Your opportunity to directly ask Zach questions about your family and are you set for retirement? But just as importantly, are they set? This is a free event, but you do have to register. Just go to knowyourriskradio.com. I'll slow that down. That's no, K-N-O-W, knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given with a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management's an investment advisor, representative of Trek Financial LLC, and SEC registered investment advisor. Woo! All right, so the preface applies. The preface for this conversation. And this is why I'm saying it, is this young woman who has been so traumatized by the party that she feels now that the only choice, the only thing she can do is advocate to kill Supreme Court justices. I'm just convinced we need to burn it all down because at this point, I don't know what else we're supposed to do. I'm advocating for violence. I am advocating for violence. So she's convinced she has no other choice. Because she's been taught to have what the eye wants when the eye wants it. To be fleshly. That the idea of restraint for so many people is out the door. 
because of course it's been out the door. This is my flesh. This is what I want. This feels really good physically. So I get to do it. And you, and if you take it away from me and if we put God where God belongs, do you think God doesn't know sex feels good? He invented it. Do you think he doesn't know that we have these desires? You're not hiding it from him. He knows. He also knows it's not good that we're alone. And so he provides us opportunities to connect outside of that. So here's the train ride story. And I deeply hope this doesn't hurt my wife's feelings. I was on a train from New York um, headed back to Washington, D.C. And there's no place else to sit. Sat down across from a um, young woman, younger than me, not, not, not a kid, but younger than me. And we're traveling, you know, it's like a two and a half hour train ride. It's sitting face to face. And I just noticed that she had a sticker for a really famous creative agency that most people didn't know about. And we're just kind of sitting there and I said, hey, I saw the sticker that you used to work there. She goes, oh, you know that place? I said, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty fantastic work. And that began this conversation about creativity and where did you work? And then it turned out that she had heard about a series of lectures I used to give back in the day. I used to be a guest lecturer at UCLA Anderson um, in yeah, California. So I used to lecture young people who wanted to be MBAs. And I used to lecture returning MBAs like, who wanted to understand digital and I would go down and I think my lectures were, um, gosh, were they like four, four hours? Not all lecturing, but QA, but a lot of lecturing. And so, oh my gosh, I think I know you and a friend. Yeah. Did you, she used to go to, did she, were you a professor at UCLA? No, no, no. I was a guest lecturer. She says, oh, okay. So we had this conversation about that and books and music. And she, she confided in me, you know, I'm, I'm getting married this weekend. So, oh my goodness. And her name was Anastasia. I said, oh, wow, Anastasia, congratulations. You're getting married. And, and where are you getting married? And what does your, you know, what does your, um, what does your betrothed do? And, and it was just this great conversation, just this fantastic conversation. And so we're rolling up to Baltimore. That's where she got off. And the train's slowing down. And Anastasia says to me, Todd, I don't want to get off this train. And I froze. I I said, but you have to, you're getting married. She said, yeah, I guess I am. I said, yes, you are. And I'm married. And I told you about my wife and daughter. She goes, well, I guess I'm getting off the train. I said, I guess you are. Yes, you are. And she said, can I give you a hug? I said, yeah, friend hug. And I said, Anastasia, it has been an honor getting to know you. Have a good life. I could have said, hey, you know what? We're adults. We could stay in touch. Here's my number. She could have said, hey, look, I'm not getting married till Sunday. And you've already told me your family doesn't live here. Like, why don't I just stay in the train? The conductor comes by, I'll, I'll pay for a bump up on the ticket. Why don't we just spend a couple nights together? No one will know. God would have known. I would have known. This young woman has been terrorized into believing that choice is taken from her by government. Now she's always going to be able to do those things. 
and that she believes that without the ability to kill a baby, she can't have a fulfilling life. That's been taken from her. We would feel just as outraged if the Second Amendment had been taken from us. Now, she doesn't understand that young woman. I'm quite confident that she doesn't understand. There's nothing in the Constitution about this. Plus, she's surrounded by people who say things like this. This is CNN, a guest on CNN. Are they going to be able to search your apps? You know, there's apps that that track menstrual cycles. You know, how far are these states going to try to go in criminalizing every single aspect of women trying to control their reproductive rights? That's not true. You know, and the greater discussion, the longer discussion on this doesn't make it more true at all. Stand by, Jeffrey. Uh, We do have breaking news just into CNN. The Supreme Court has just issued, and this is the decision many were waiting for, a ruling in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. This, the major case regarding abortion rights in this country. Court issuing that landmark ruling that this nation has been bracing for, and the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, that they have eliminated the constitutional right to an abortion, and at first glance. See, and there it is again, the constitutional right to an abortion, which was never in the Constitution. So these young people are terrorized. I would be terrorized. I wouldn't be terrorized because I have faith in God. Some trust in horses and chariots. Others trust in God Almighty. I trust in God Almighty. I'd be furious. This opinion is very similar to that draft opinion that we saw leaked just about a month and a half ago at the beginning of May. This is a court that has just upended a half century of law. So, and they say half century, like this is this unthinkable thing. Well, respect for life began, I guess, what you could say when. Well, in Christian life, There's been respect for life since we started to outlaw child sacrifice. And since there was death penalty for for child sacrifice, half a century. Well, what was it prior to that? Prior to that, the Constitution didn't say you get to kill babies. Of a constitutionally protected right uh, to abortion that affects nearly every family across America. It affects nearly every family across America. How? How does it affect nearly every family across America? How? Does this affect your family? In one way or another, we have our... Yeah, it's, listen, it's a heartbreaking betrayal of of half of the country. Sorry, I'm getting... Half of the country is heartbreaking, broken, and betrayed. You see how people can become victimized to this way of thinking. And it doesn't help when you have people like Maxine Waters. And this is one of the other reasons that we must, in fact, act... Pray that Christ will be seen through us. Pray that his peace comes through in us, that people see we are different because we act in different ways. I cannot overemphasize. In fact, I am not successfully clearly articulating enough how important it is for me to see ads everywhere for Christian pregnancy centers, for everyone to see them. You have these options to explain, hey, this is why married relationships are a good idea. This is why putting off sex is a good idea until you're married. And I failed at that. 
One day I'll do a whole show about my favorite sins. But you have Maxine Waters. Women are going to control their bodies no matter how they try and stop it. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. Women will be in control of their bodies. And if they think black women are intimidated or afraid, they got another thought coming. Black women will be out in droves. We will be out by the thousands. We will be out by the millions. We're going to make sure we fight for the right to control our own bodies. We will defy the court to hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy it. And guess what? There's prosecutors so-called around the country, some of them in Texas, saying we will not enforce these laws. We are laws unto ourselves. We will do what feels right to us. You know, truly what the Lord has done here is he has revealed the nakedness of the country. The first American Civil War was fought over issues surrounding the so-called right of one person to own another. Because after all, black people aren't really human, was what they said. After all, it's, they're not like us. Sort of doing them a favor. The second American Civil War may have started with this decision, although it's been cooking up for a long time. It will be fought over the right of one person to kill another. If it is indeed fought. My request for those of us who are celebrating the end of Roe versus Wade is that we drop to our knees and say to the Lord, Father God, thank you for being our banner. Thank you for leading us through this battle. Thank you for lifting from this nation the impossibility of protecting unborn life. Thank you for lifting that. Thank you for the flawed vessel, Donald John Trump. Thank you for this moment of courage from jurists who all too often lack courage, such as when they pretend men are women in defiance of your design. Thank you, Father God, for showing us what's coming a parting of the country along the lines I just described before I began praying to you. Lord, what are we to do? How do we break through the trauma that's causing young women to advocate for murder of Supreme Court justices and murder of babies? Father, use us to show the beauty of your plan for marriage and holy sexuality and restraint of our fleshly desires so that you can make us holy, not just justified, but make us holy. 
how do we meet destruction and vandalism and violence and attempts to burn cops to death with torches as Antifa tried in Los Angeles? Thank you for protecting the cops. How do we meet all that with love? Father, we need your help. We ask you that in the name of your son, Jesus, who lived a perfect life of perfect humility and gave us so many examples. Would you guys join me in saying amen? I think that's what's next. Anything else in my mind is a temporary victory. And a loss of an opportunity to do our prime job, which is to draw people to the Lord with him working through us. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, be of glad heart, and be in prayer that the Lord will use you so that people see his face through you.